Check. Hi, I'm Kate Northrup. I'm a podcaster. (laughs) And a nerd. I'm a podcasting nerd. Hi, I'm Kate Northrup. And I'm Mike Watts. And we're partners in life, love, and business. Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show, where we share insights and interviews on entrepreneurship, relationships, parenting, self-actualization, and making a life, not just a living. Hi, welcome back to the Kate and Mike Show. We are just having so much fun producing this podcast for you. And I also want to say we're doing it for us because it's just actually really fun for us. A girlfriend of mine texted me and she's like, how's it going so far? Is it going well? You know, what have been your results? And I was kind of like, it's good. You know what? We did not set out with any specific goals and it's really fun after a couple of years of being pretty strategic to come back to how we started our business, which is, Hey, that sounds fun. Let's do that. And the podcast is a way for us to have conversations to share and to really have fun just talking about stuff that we want to talk about. So I would say it's going well. How do you think it's going so far? Mike? I agree. I think it's going really well. This is episode eight. We officially launched the podcast last week. So you guys are going to hear this in the future, but that was pretty cool. So it was cool to just see how people reacted from it and really enjoyed listening to it. There's hope for partnerships and business in the future. I did get some really amazing messages. One from a woman who went through a painful divorce with an abusive guy. And she, you know, shared that listening to the podcast was just incredibly helpful for her in her healing process to be reminded that there are good, healthy partnerships out there. And, you know, there's a lot of gross stuff going on in the news right now about the election. And I want to be part of a solution of putting out a different way of doing things in a partnership and a loving relationship between the masculine and feminine in doing life and doing business. So I think that's really what our mission is. True. I agree. So overall, I'm really happy with how everything's going thus far. High five. High five. Virtual high five (laughs) to all of, I guess, audio high five to... Give yourself a high five wherever you are. If you're driving or standing still, (laughs) stick your right hand in the air. We can do this too, Kate. And then stick your left hand in the air. And then ready? One, two, three. Boom. Okay. Even Penelope loves to give high fives. She does. Now put your hands back on the steering wheel. Speaking of Penelope, our friend Sarah Peck, who's awesome. She just had a boy, baby boy. I think he's like five months old. And she said she's really excited about the podcast announcement. And one question she had is for us as business owners and parents, what did you have to relearn or unlearn about the way you did business once you became three, meaning had a baby? Are there any things you used to do that you gladly no longer do? And I love the question. It's basically about, you know, what changed in our business when we became parents. And that was a topic we wanted to talk about anyway. And Sarah, your question is awesome. I also love watching the way that you parent and hearing all of your lessons on Facebook. It's such a joy and you're an awesome writer. So it's really fun. So let's talk about Sarah's question. I believe this is a continuation of kind of last week. Last week was about us being parent or, you know, one year when Penelope hit her one year. It was about what do we know now that we did not know when Penelope was born. So what has one year of parenthood taught us? But we didn't really bring in the business part. So today we're bringing in the business layer. So Mike... What did you have to relearn about the way you did business 
do you do business or what did you have to unlearn about the way you do business when we had P, when we had Penelope? I didn't understand the dedication that is required to raising a child because I have never done it before. So I think that there was, or I know that there was judgment around, they're like, well, my kid here, or my kid here, or my kid here, when that stuff would come up. So I think that it was kind of clarity, I guess. I don't know if that makes any sense. So can I Can you summarize rephrase? what I'm trying to say here? So are totally. you saying you used to judge people who couldn't get stuff done very quickly and their reason was their children? And are you saying that now you don't judge them anymore because you get how challenging it is to get anything done with a kid around? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. I feel the same way. I mean, I that's, literally that's was like, how dare I <laughs> give any advice about time management and running a business to anyone who is a parent? Like, because I used to. I used to give this advice about, you know, oh, well, you know, priorities. And, and by the way, I think I do a pretty good job about managing my time and priorities. Um, I'm not much of a procrastinator, but I don't think I'm like the ultimate person, nor have I ever been. It's something I, you know, it's a challenge for me every day. Time. And that's, we could have a whole episodes about time and how I'm such a crazy time person. But I used to, you know, like suggest things to our team and think like, why can't you just listen to a webinar at nine o'clock PM? Aren't you dedicated to your business? Like, aren't you, you know, how badly do you want it? And now if somebody wants me to do something at nine, Mike and I were literally in bed last night at seven forty-five. So just the game has changed and I have so much more compassion and empathy for what most people are dealing with on a daily basis and like for what really matters and for boundaries, which I'll get into more. But Mike, did that kind of, yeah. is that what you were talking about? Uh -huh. All right. So I'm going to answer the question. I definitely okay. agree with you about the amount I just didn't understand prior to having a kid. And then I'll say in answer to Sarah's question, like, are there any things you used to do that you gladly no longer do? I feel like there's nothing specific that I can think of that I used to do that I gladly no longer do, but more of an overarching thing is my boundaries are just so much more solid. I would say my boundaries started getting really good when I was pregnant because I had a pregnancy where I was exhausted the entire time. I had a friend who was like, wait until the second trimester. Like I wrote five book proposals and, you know, reorganized our entire house and like was so energized. And so I was waiting for that burst of energy during the second trimester. It never came. I was just like tired and then tired and then tired. So pregnancy was a big experience in just being so tired. And even with the sleep deprivation of having a baby, I still was more tired during pregnancy. And so for me, realizing that I just like the bandwidth has narrowed. My bandwidth has narrowed because I'm now concerned about a tiny human survival who completely depends upon me and Mike and a few other caregivers to just make it through the day. And that just has hopped to the top of the priority list. So like answering people's questions or giving them help on something that they could probably figure out themselves, or I just like don't have the bandwidth for it. What's so great is I might've said no in the past and felt guilty about it. Now that I'm a mom, I just say no. Cause I'm just like, it's so obvious that certain things aren't as important as 
taking care of my child or taking care of myself because I need to be there for my child. So I have found the experience to be so crystallizing in terms of what's important. And for example, we just spent the weekend doing oftentimes like I'll work a tiny bit over the weekend, even if it's just an hour. And this past weekend, I didn't work at all and neither did Mike really. And we just had the best weekend with Penelope. Like we went to the harvest festival locally up at Wolf's Neck Farm and we looked at cows and listened to bluegrass music and had a picnic. And then we went to brunch and we drove around and we went to see our new property that we're going to build a house on. And we went to a friend's house for dinner and it was just like such a relaxing weekend. And I didn't have one minute where I was like, oh, I should be, you know, working on this week's blog or I should be writing marketing copy. And I'm not saying that's every day, but at least this weekend I had such an experience of like, this is the most important thing in the world. And there is nothing I would rather be doing than playing in the tub with Penelope or hanging out, reading books in her teepee or whatever we were doing, you know, watching her climb up the stairs. And I think that I've gotten really much better at going slowly And knowing that we may not grow as fast as a company in these years when Penelope is little, and that's okay. So I've really learned how slowing down is just as much of a valuable choice as speeding up and doing more. Like the doing less just feels, I understood doing less as a concept before. Like, oh yes, I understand if you relax and receive and open and, you know, allow the universe to support you and all that stuff. Like I got that, but it was more on a intellectual level. And now I really understand that slowing down is actually a powerful choice to be present with the important things that are going on in your life. Like you know, watching your kid crawl around because those moments are so fleeting. So that's some, I have more to say, but that's kind of my ramble for right now. How about you, honey? It's good. I like that. I agree. I still have a little bit of a hard time where, you know, this weekend we were playing with Penelope, but I was also thinking of other things to get done. You know, so like fully diving in that you're 100% dedicated to the moment, like being present in the moment, I guess, is something to still work on a little bit more. So I've started to think about what other type of things could I do that would bring me back to that space a little bit more. So this morning, I bought this monitor by a company called HeartMath. And you're supposed to... I'm not exactly sure what the heck the point of the whole thing is, but I still haven't figured it out. Doesn't it measure the electromagnetic field of your heart? Right. I guess that's what it's supposed to do. And you're supposed to like be in coherence with what the diagram says. So I started doing that this morning and I felt pretty good. And I did it yesterday. I was actually doing it when the first time I did, it, I was with Penelope. So that was interesting. I had it on her. You attach it to your ear. And you I had, had it, it on her ear? Yeah, I had How it on was her, her coherence? Oh, not good. No, she really like threw the numbers way off out of that. She kept pulling it off her ear. So Well, that's just because she what, was annoyed with something on her ear. She was couldn't even keep the thing on. It was actually really interesting because I wanted to see what would happen. And it's really interesting to watch or just be with Penelope when she is focused on something and like how breath is for her and just she's an auditory breather i guess you could say like she's loud Uh, she's like darth vader yeah yeah completely like darth vader so it's really (laughs) cool to just be there so this morning when i was doing that and yesterday i just wanted to really kind of be in the moment and i'm still trying to figure out the whole system but thinking about other things in like for business that need to be completed why i am playing with penelope 
where I'd like to remove that to create more separation would be this moment. I'm in the moment with Penelope. And then five minutes later, I'll write the email that needs to be written when that time comes or what that's going to look like. So I still have some work to do on that. What you shared, which I think is awesome to relearn things. When we were putting this together, I was trying to think about relearning things. Was there something that I had to relearn when business became three? One of the biggest things from a business standpoint, which I also can apply to personal or for those of you that don't have a business, maybe it's a job, but it's from, it's just letting go of certain tasks where, so instead of feeling like the house is dirty all the time, I need to clean the house or it's like I have to continually make the food or it's this ongoing where I have to show up to do this because this is the way it's going to get done. But then I'm stressed out about doing it, but I know it's going to be completed. So with our business, hiring the right people has really taken a lot of tasks off of myself, at least, and Kate, but I'll speak for myself, where I don't have to show up to get those done anymore because other folks are doing that within our business. So that's been a big learning experience where even putting Penelope in daycare is something that we're doing as parents. Yes, our dream was to stay at home, which we did that for four months, five months when we had a a person come to the house. We didn't put Penelope in daycare until she was nine months old. Oh, okay. So (laughs) nine months, we had the learning lessons of nine months where her being at home with us and it was really hard. It was hard to have a relationship. It was hard to, because we had a nanny that would come to the house but we would try to work and then that doesn't really create separation for the parents and the kid with the nanny here. So it was a lot of, that was complicated, but then learning to say, okay, it's time to turn it over to help get some help. And that help was outside help where we could take Penelope outside of the house for that to happen. Yeah. So what we do is she's in daycare Monday, Tuesdays, Wednesdays from like eight 30 to four or four 30 and then half day Fridays from like you know, eight to 11 or something. And that works really well for us. And I will say this, I wrote a blog about this a couple weeks ago about, are you living your life or are you living the opposite of someone else's life? Cause I realized I was putting this pressure on myself to be a stay at home mom because I felt like my mom was never there enough. So I wanted to do the opposite. And I realized I actually wanted to be somewhere in between what my mom did and being a stay-at-home mom. Like, I didn't need to be completely the opposite, right? 180 degrees from normal, from abnormal is not necessarily normal, and deciding to figure out what worked for us on that spectrum instead of just being like, well, I don't want to be my mom, so therefore I'm going to swing the pendulum as far away from that as possible. And I was really interested. I got a couple of critical comments from people saying, I don't understand, you know, why women... Like, it was almost as though they were saying that it's selfish for a woman, like that a child needs their mom and that this idea that women should leave the house is like selfish or, yeah, self-absorbed. And I have to be honest, like my heart really hurt when I got those comments because, of course, it pushed every button that I have about why I'm working and everything. But I realized, and it's really true for me, and this is something that I'm learning running a business and being a mom at the same time, I am not as fulfilled as a mother and I am not as fulfilled as a business owner when I am spending you know, 95% of my time as a mom. At this point, I'm about 50-50. So I'm three and a half days... I have childcare and three and a half days with P. And for me, it's 
amazing. Like that balance feels so good to me. And I feel like I've really nurtured myself through my writing and work and being able to work out and stuff when I'm not with P. And then I feel like I'm really with her because I'm not also feeling like I'm trying to do 800 other things during the time. Like I'm not trying to work and be with her at the same time for the most part. I'm not saying I've completely hacked that one. Like I think that the working mom or working parent dichotomy of never fully feeling like you're being a good parent and never really feeling fully like you're doing a good job at work. Like I understand that that's going to be pretty much the way it is, but I do for me, finding that balance has been really helpful. So just because it doesn't look like what other people's looks like doesn't mean it's not the right thing. And that's something that's so important. You're going to get You know, I think that the mother guilt thing is pretty rampant. It's rampant feeling it ourselves, but it's also rampant in our culture, guilting moms for the choices that they make and judging moms for the choices that they make and judging parents in general for the choices that they make, especially now that so many fathers are so involved. And so I just want to put that out there to say like, there are going to be people who will judge you and there are going to be people who want to make you feel guilty. And there were a couple of comments on my blog that really were trying to do that. And I really, it was such an opportunity to check in with myself and say, what actually feels right to me? Not what feels right based on societal expectations, not what feels right based on what I'm trying to think, you know, what my mom wants me to do or what she did or whatever, what feels right based on my own internal guidance system. And this balance really feels right to me right now. And it might be different when Penelope's two, you know, she's one right now and it feels really good. So it's just a reminder to get back in touch with what feels right to you and know that just because it feels right to you doesn't mean it doesn't mean that the heavens suddenly part and then there's no friction anymore. It just means that you're being true to yourself, but your mom still might judge you and you might still get like comments on Facebook from other moms who are judging you. And that's all kind of part of the deal. It doesn't mean that that stuff goes away. It just means it's a great opportunity to check back in with yourself and say, am I doing what is right for me? And also interestingly in our situation, when we put P in daycare, she started sleeping better. She started being less cranky and her skin started clearing up which was kind of amazing. So we knew it was also helping her thrive. So it's not just like... She loves it there. She loves it I mean, she cried the first time like two weeks ago when I left daycare. You know, I took her out of daycare. And it (laughs) was early. I went to get her... Yeah, I went to get her early. It was like two o'clock in the afternoon and she started crying. She's like, I'm not ready to go yet. And I was like, okay. (laughs) But yeah, she loves it there. The people and the kids. And then she's also interacting with older kids. And I think that's beneficial as well for her. I mean, Mm -hmm. I believe so. Mm -hmm. I would say I'm still feeling a little bit what you said you're working on, that you're not, you're really checking with yourself. But the balance between being a good dad, being a good husband, and then also being a business owner. So it's really where do I focus my time in all three of those and what feels the best for me. That's something I'm still trying to figure out. And I think that's a lot of that has come to light a lot because my role in our business has drastically changed over the past year pretty heavily where I went from kind of running a lot of things within our business to replacing myself with great team members that are running those things in our business. So just trying to figure out what is the perfect role to be in for all three of those. It's still something that I think about a lot. I want to be 
a good dad and I want to be a good husband and I want to run our business. So it's like spending the time on each one of those, trying to figure that out has been, it's still a challenge to this day. And what I'm, you know, I'm getting better at it and really listening to myself about what feels good, what doesn't feel good. If I'm slowing projects down within our business, I know it's time to get rid of those, you know, so I can start seeing those things come across our plate and just trying to, you know, listen to myself because there is judgment like Kate talked about. There's judgment for men. There's judgment for there's judgment for dads. There's judgment for mothers. There's mothers that judge dads. There's dads that judge moms. Like, it goes all the way around. So if we just listen to that judgment all the time that comes in from all sorts of random circumstances, then we'll be stuck in this circle of I'm not doing enough. I'll never feel complete. I'm not, like, I won't be the best person that I could possibly be. And the reality is, like, we don't know what we're doing. We're just... We're just doing the best that feels good to us and educating ourselves on like we just went to our first parenting class last week, which was pretty cool. That's being put on by our pediatrician. And we just learned some great things about babies and kids that we didn't know before. So I think from continually, one thing that I'm st- we're still doing is now instead of like studying marketing copy or going to marketing events, now it's going to parenting events, right? Or parenting to learn about this new person that has graced us with their life. But I told Kate the other day, I said, this still kind of feels like a dream. Or what did I say? I was like, you asked me if I feel like a mother. Yeah. If you feel like a mother. And And I asked you if you feel like a father. And what did you say? I said, it it all kind of feels fake or playing. Like it's all make-believe to a certain degree. I don't know. It just hasn't like a hundred percent. I completely like love Penelope, hang out with her. I understand she's my daughter, but there's just... I don't know if it's because it's so new. The reality is one-year-old baby is really new. It's a new thing. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's interesting. That is through. interesting. And then outward process it to everyone listening on this podcast. <laughs> I mean, I really feel like a mother, but I think that there's such a physical component being a mother, like being Penelope's source of comfort, being her source of food exclusively for the first six months you know, having had her come out of my body, like there's just such a physical sensation of like, wow, when Penelope's upset, like literally my body is like the source of comfort and coming home for her. And I just like, I think that that makes me feel like a mother. Yeah. I don't feel that. Yeah. I mean, she tried to feed off me once. (laughs) That was when she was like three months old, but that didn't really work. It was really caught me off guard. It's very strange. Uh, so uh, funny. Yeah, too funny. So what are some of the things, Mike, that you think have worked well that we've incorporated running a business since we've had a kid? Like, how do you think, yes, there are certainly things we struggle with, like the, you know, always feeling like we should mm-hmm. be working on our business and stuff that you shared. But what do you think's working well that we've set up to be parents and be business owners? And knowing for those listening that we don't work full time. So that's just important to know. Like it would be one thing if we had P in full-time daycare and we, you know, were... And what's your definition of full-time? 40 hours. Okay. I was just or more. checking for folks on I the mean, call. I mean, yeah, that's my definition. I'm just going with the standard definition yeah. of full-time. So we don't yeah, work full-time. definitely full time. don't work 40 hours a week. Right. So knowing that, like, what do you think works well for us incorporating parenting and business and... It'd be interesting to see how much I actually work during the week. It would be interesting to time that. it, yeah. Maybe we could do that one. Yeah. That could be an experiment. That, that would be share. an experiment to report back on for the yep. podcast. Write that down. What was your question? No, I was thinking oh about... Oh, my goodness. Just ask me... What do you think we do well parenting and running a business yeah. together? What okay. do you think makes it work? 
one thing is that we talk. I remember I was getting a haircut with Cliff, my barber, and he was ending a relationship with his ex. And he said, it feels like you and Kate like really get along and like each other because we are sharing just stuff going on in life travel and all this stuff. And I said, yeah, like, why would you be with somebody if you don't like them or talk? And he's like, great point. But I believe his relationship, and then we went into that. I'm not going to dissect it, but I just thought that was a really interesting point. And one thing that we do really well is that if I don't feel good or you don't feel good about something, sometimes it lingers maybe a couple days, but for the most part... (laughs) Anyway, so if we're not feeling called or something's really bothering us that we take care of that, we discuss it, we bring it up to the surface... And we listen to each other for sure without the judgment that goes on that takes like we just really listen. I guess that's the biggest thing is we listen to each other. I think that's something we do really well as being parents and business owners because it's been there's a lot of changes that have taken place in business and then as, as life having a child. So I think that's one super important like that is a relationship advice piece not that we're going to start giving relationship advice but that is universal is communication between the partners that are in that relationship to really understand what's going on with each other and that i think we have a pretty good handle on yeah what do you think well i think i think you're totally right the other thing that's been working really well has been having some income sources that are not dependent solely on us showing up to trade hours for dollars. So that was a vision that both Mike and I had that we wanted to have the freedom to be at home with our kids as much as we wanted to. We found for us right now, or I'll say for me right now, I've noticed that three and a half days a week of you know each business and then playing really works well. But What's been awesome is having our USANA business, which is our network marketing business, be able to have income every single week that comes in because it's something we set up ahead of time. And every time we grow it, that can then become a recurring income that keeps coming in so that in the future, you know, we have that freedom. Having products online that are available whether we're working or not, like setting up for right now, we're working on setting up an automated webinar funnel for one of our products. And so doing some things like that logistically have been so beneficial for us as parents, because yeah, like even if we do high level coaching or something, that still means like we have to be trading those hours for dollars to show up. And I have recently found that I like doing a little bit of that, but it's more for fun and joy and because it's inspiring as opposed to like, I need to do this to pay the mortgage. So that's something I'm so grateful to my younger self for having the foresight to say, Hey, I know that I'm going to want more freedom when I have kids, I'm going to set up these income streams ahead of time. So for us, it's our network marketing business. It's my book royalties and it's other on its digital products so far that we've created that allows us to do that. And that's been really, really beautiful. And to me, like the marketing world, it can get so into, yeah, like have a six figure launch. It's all about, you know, revenue and you can make crazy amounts of money in a short amount of time. And that can be true. But to me, it's so much more grounded than that. It's so much more about what's the lifestyle that you really want to lead and how can you create that through being of service and then also through setting up streams of income that don't require you to show up every day in order for them to be earned. And so that's logistically been huge Mm -hmm. for us. And it's been one of those 
parts of our life that's been very beneficial for myself where I feel as a man like we want to provide we want to take care of someone when Penelope was born and I talked to a lot of my other friends and I think we talked about this on previous podcasts but I had a lot of my friends that were stressed out or we got to work more we got to take care of the family we got to do this this and this and this and this and I I didn't feel that you know it never came across and I think a lot of that because it was already taken care of that that financial stress that came that comes with a lot of situations wasn't there because we had our business that was producing and it's still producing and we continually tweak things and so on but it's been really nice. Like we have a goal, you know, to earn seven figures mm-hmm. in a business year at some point. And we haven't met that goal yet. It's possible that it would happen this year. But what's really cool is that like today, I don't really care yeah. about that because our life is the way I want it to be. And I was, we were sitting at brunch this weekend and I just shared with Mike, like literally this is exactly what I had imagined. Like being in Maine on a rainy fall day, having brunch with my husband and my baby. It was just, I mean, in my hometown, like it's just, there's seven to me. Knowing the things that really matter to you. Yeah. Like I think we'll still shoot for seven figures at some point, but it's just so cool that it's not a priority because this is a case where it's the lifestyle matters so much more than the money. And there's nothing that I want that I'm not able to do that's a priority for me today that I would be able to do if our business were making seven figures. So in Kate's dream is not, she asked me if this was the dream I always envisioned. I'm like being in the yard with Maine eating bread. No, it was not. (laughs) That's a whole nother thing to process as well, because for me, it's like we're fulfilling the dream that Kate set up in her life, you know, and, so how does that affect me and how does that that's a whole nother podcast that we can talk about that's just a different vision for each other and then how do you make that fulfilling for myself as well right right which i'm totally happy here and i love maine so it is one of those which actually brought me to my next point that i wrote down here would be fulfilling each bucket individually that was a good segue going in there i didn't plan for that but that worked out great so in our relationship there's a lot of energy that's dedicated towards each other. And then there's a lot of energy that's dedicated towards Penelope. And we talked about this in previous podcasts as well, but if we don't take care of our own bucket, for instance, like working out for me, like going to CrossFit, Kate doing booty yoga, eating good food, healthy foods. I can tell a big difference when I neglect, is that the right word? One of those. So for this weekend, we got Thai food the other day and we actually had a consulting session where we had two people come up here for, Kate and I consulted with their business this weekend. And I noticed on that day, I didn't eat enough food. And by the end of the day, I was pretty drained. And then we ended up getting this Thai food, Thai takeout. And I felt horrible. And then we ate it again last night. Not horrible, but it really tired me out. And which is one reason we went to bed so early. I was just like exhausted going to bed. So I know that, okay, that's not fulfilling my bucket of like energy, staying alive, being in the moment. So I have to cut that out. And that's something down the line where it's like, okay, what drove me to say get pad thai instead of usually I would get like chicken and vegetables. So that'll leave my body feeling much different than a whole plate of rice noodles, right? So what was the emotion that caused me to go that direction? So just analyzing those things a little bit. I'm not going to spend all day doing that, but just thinking back to that moment. But each of our buckets individually have to be fulfilled as we show up. And I think it's really important in a relationship and then also our business to be able to show up in our business in that way as well. Totally. No, I agree. And that really comes back to 
getting help. So, you know, we've heard this phrase, it takes a village to raise a child. And it's so true. And I have found that to be like, I'm just so grateful. I sort of intuitively knew that I would want to raise a family in Maine where I have a lot of support, where we have a lot of support. I didn't know how important that would be until it was actually happening. But I was talking to a girlfriend this weekend who has kids and she was like, I would literally like, I would kill to have my mother 10 minutes down the road for me. And I'm really grateful that we've got, you know, we have a great community here of friends with kids of, of my parents, um, my stepmom and my little sister. And we just, you know, we have a lot of support. And then your parents in Valparaiso, Indiana to come in and help us out and our daycare providers and our babysitters and, you know, I really think it's really healthy for Penelope to have a lot of people she feels safe with. And so when we hire a babysitter or ask my mom to care for her, or, you know, we flew Mike's parents out, for example, to Salt Lake City so we could go to the USANA convention and they could be with her all day. And we really, like, we really were not with her much Mm, for like 12 hours a day. And while, of course, there's a part of me that feels a little guilty and, oh my God, the reality is it's much healthier for Penelope. Like Penelope knows we love her and she knows we're there for her because we just are. And she knows that on a like a cellular level. And so when we know that that secure attachment is dialed in, and I have no doubt it is, it's so healthy for her to have the ladies at daycare who she loves and she lights up when she sees them, to have a connection with my mom, with Mike's mom, with my stepmom, with my little sister, with my dad, and with her babysitters, and even with our friends and their, you know, her little friends and then our friends. And for her to feel safe with all those different people, that makes her fundamentally feel safe, like that the world is a safe loving place. So I don't see it as a problem to have other caregivers. I see it as a really good thing and getting much closer to that village kind of tribal orientation, which is the way that children were raised for thousands of years. And we've only recently gotten into this little insular family thing, which is so hard to raise a kid with just two people. And you're like, by yourself, this little pod. And so if you are listening and you have a child and you feel guilty asking for help, I just want to offer another perspective, which is that it actually will be good for your child's health and well-being, both physiologically and psychologically, to know that there are all these people that love them and there are all these people who are safe. And that really wires in the first chakra, which is your feeling of safety and security in the world. And it's connected to your immune system and your skin and your skeletal system. So that actually, literally there's a study that was done by Ellen Langer. And I love this study that the more different social groups someone connects with on a weekly basis, the less colds they will have the less colds Colds. like sickness yes so meaning their immune system is higher than people who only so like people who connect on a weekly basis with like let's say five or six social groups so whether it's your group at church and you know the ladies at spinning class and then you know your work people and then going out for dinner with some girlfriends and you know let's just say you have like four or five different social groups versus somebody who only goes to work and then comes home and is with their family the person who has fewer social groups actually will get more colds. So they have a lowered Mm. immune system. So for Penelope, I think about not only are we wiring in her immune system because she's 
being exposed to more germs, being at daycare, (laughs) but we're also wiring in her immune system because we're letting her know we're here for her and we're her foundation and we're her primary. And that's really well wired in. But then also she has all these other people who love her, who care for her, who support her. And that wires in her immunity on a more energetic level as well. And to me, there, it would be impossible to run a business and not feel comfortable and safe leaving Penelope with other safe, trusted people. And I know that that's not only good for us and our business and our bottom line, it's actually really good for her in the long run. Right. And it's good for us as individuals because I don't feel fulfilled being 100% stay-at-home dad. Like when you're gone and stuff like that, it's really, it's a fun thing to try out, but it doesn't do it for me. That's definitely not my calling in the world. Yeah. And I wasn't sure if I would want to be a stay at home mom. I was open to like, maybe I'm going to want to be a stay at home mom and not do our business anymore. And I was totally open to that possibility. And then about five weeks postpartum, I was starting to get the itch to work. And I was like, wow, okay. Like, I guess I do want to work. And I love that I get to do both. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those situations where it's an and it's not an either or. And I love that, you know, we've created the freedom that on a day that I'm missing pee, I can just go get her at daycare early. And I do do that. And it's awesome. And I feel very blessed. That's cool. Do you have anything else regarding learnings or unlearnings from the three of us now when you're running your business? Well, just to review, no more judgment about people not being able to get things done because they have kids because we understand that like the struggle is real. And when you have a screaming baby and there's food being thrown all around your kitchen, like there's just only so much you can do because there's only so much bandwidth that you have. I've learned to not feel so guilty about saying no because I'm really clear on what my priorities are and I'm really clear that there's just only so much I can do and that my priorities are taking care of me, taking care of P, and taking care of your and my relationship. Not necessarily in that order, but I would say all those three things are top. Mm -hmm. So knowing that, then anything else just becomes second. And so it makes it really easy to identify what's important. And then knowing that our communication is so key for our business, having streams of income that do not depend on us showing up trading hours for dollars. And then lastly, knowing that having a village set up and having many mothers, many grandmothers, you know, many friends, many fathers, many grandfathers is good for us. It's good for P and it's good for our business. So I think that's pretty much what we covered. I think that's great. I'm going to ask you a question. So there might be somebody listening to here that's like, well, that's great, Kate. You have your mom down the street. You have these type of groups. But what about finding a, like, where would be a place to even start to like find somebody else to hang out with? So for me, I have found a tribe beyond, I do spend some time with the people I already knew because I grew up here, but we spend a lot of time with people we did not know before. Mike and I have created this tribe on our own as well. And one of the greatest places we found is there's an organization in the Portland, Maine area called Birth Roots, which is from belly to baby. It's a childbirth and, you know, raising tiny humans support organization, nonprofit. And they have breastfeeding classes, birth classes, newborn classes, whatever. And I have found, we've found tremendous community there. So if there's something like that, even honestly, if it's a stroller stride class where you are going and meeting up with moms and they're just like, go to stuff. I have found, I am not somebody who talks to strangers, but if I look and somebody's got a kid like around the same age, I have no problem just striking up a conversation with them because you never know. Like we met one friend buying a Christmas tree Mm -hmm. last year because she had a kid the same age. We met another friend out to dinner. So it's made me 
like my social anxiety kind of goes away when people have kids because you just have something in common immediately. So, and if you don't have kids, you can go to meetup.com is a great place to start because meetup, oh, yeah. there's so many different organizations going on and where I'm sure on meetup in your town, there's something happening that you have interest in. Exactly. And once you know, if you go to something where there's a common interest, like a rock climbing group or a hiking group, or I don't know, stamp collecting, I don't know what yeah. you're into crafting, like just find something that you have in common and chances are pretty good. You'll like the people who also have that thing in mm-hmm. common with you, or you'll like one or two of them. And that's really all you need anyway. Cool. Cool. Thanks for listening in. Yeah. I feel like there's so much more to, to talk about on this one, but I think that's for oh, next really? episode. Okay. Let's talk about it after we stop recording and we'll do another episode. Okay, great. So if you enjoyed this podcast, you can check out more at kate forward slash podcast. We also, there's so many people gave great reviews which I was blown away by on iTunes, which you can go to kateNorthrup.com forward slash iTunes if you desire to leave a review. We would appreciate for that. For the podcast, and yes. And please subscribe. Really. Yes, and subscribe to... You can do that on iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher Radio. So all the podcasts are featured at those three avenues for you to check out. Thank you guys so much. Thanks. We'll be coming to you next Tuesday with another episode. Bye. Ever feel like you're constantly doing things but aren't able to carve out the time or energy for the things that really matter to you? Mike and I want to share our top five tools for making a life, not just a living. To learn what they are, go to katenorthrop.com forward slash tools. See you on the next episode.